Welcome to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. I help the everyday woman grow her mindset and spirituality in her daily life in order to break comparison to the Instagram perfect lifestyle. Join me as we navigate the stress and anxiety of our daily routines and reclaim our power to cultivate our most authentic life. Let's start romanticizing the mundane together. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. Happy Mindful Monday, everybody. It's last Monday in January. How are we doing with our intentions? <laughs> One last check-in of January. How are we doing? I hope all is well. Thank you so much for listening. Um, my veterans, I am so glad that you are here. Um, for my new listeners, I'm also so happy you are here. Welcome. Um, for those of you who are new here, um, I am Allie. I am a middle school social studies teacher in New York City, and I'm going on a mindset journey. And I wanted to share my learnings with all of you. I struggle with chronic anxiety, and I began going to therapy. I've been on a mental health journey for about, I want to say, since 2018, 2019. I've been in therapy since 2020. Um, I've been doing this podcast for two years now by the time this uh, episode comes out. And I just wanted to share my mental health journey with other millennial women that are going through the same thing, just trying to get through our everyday mundane lives, the nine to fives, and really improving our mental health. Because I was realizing with my anxiety, this is no way to live. And I know there's a better way out there. What can I do? And I started listening to mindfulness podcasts. I started reading self-development books. I started going to therapy. And so I started to learn different coping mechanisms to help me get through my life and the hard seasons that's going to throw at me. And I wanted to share those wonderful tools and resources with you guys. And now here we are two years later and I've had amazing guests on and I'm so grateful for every single guest that's been on here. So in honor of my two-year anniversary, which is January 27th, that's when the first episode came out in 2021. So when this episode comes out, it will be a couple of days after my two-year anniversary. But in honor of the anniversary for the podcast, on my feed today, on January 30th, I am going to be posting a giveaway and it will be for a $25 Starbucks gift card. So if you want to enter the giveaway, get some free coffee on me for all my love and support for you guys listening to the podcast. That is going to be on my Instagram feed at the Growth Mindset Gal if you aren't following me. And I am just so grateful and so humbled and just so happy with the growth of the Growth Mindset Gal podcast. It's been such a wonderful outlet and experience to really grow in my teaching sphere. I do believe my service on this planet is to learn and to teach others to reach their potential. So it's just a nice, wonderful sphere to expand into alongside my teaching career. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys so much for listening. It means so much. And if you haven't already done so, if you want to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts in honor of my two-year anniversary, I wouldn't hate it. You know, I would actually love it. And you guys are just so great and so amazing. So thank you again for just the love and support. So today, I am actually bringing on another wonderful guest with us today, Miss Talia Cruzy. Talia is a wife, a mom mental health coach and creator of the Mental Health for Holiness. 
After being diagnosed with bipolar 2 at the age of 24 and becoming a mom six years later, Talia helps women grow beyond medicine and therapy through gentle self-care to improve their mental health so they can truly enjoy motherhood and be open to life. She hosts a free workshop the first Wednesday of every month and serves women through monthly group and private coaching that focuses on applying cognitive behavioral principles to everyday life. Her program offers encouragement, accountability, and practical steps for women to take care of themselves in order to be the fun, peaceful, and loving mother they dream of being. Tally and I today had such a wonderful conversation about self-compassion and self-love and how can us as women create that for ourselves because subconsciously we are taught that taking care of ourselves and having self-love and compassion is selfish and we are here to break the barrier of that because when you take care of yourself you can live your most authentic life and then from that it amplifies your career your relationships if you have children really also takes a huge step into motherhood. And so today we talk about, like I said, with what her services are, is gentle self-care, self-compassion, and how it is okay to take time for ourselves in order to be the person that we truly can share wonderful things with the world. I am so excited for you guys to listen in. I'll see you on the other side. So here we go, enjoy. Hey, Growth Mindset Gang, I have a wonderful, fantastic guest with us today, Miss Talia Cruzy, and we are going to be talking about today all about self-love and self-compassion and how to create that for ourselves. So Talia, thank you so much for coming on today. Do you want to introduce yourself to the Growth Mindset Gang? Sure, I'd love to. So uh, like Ali said, my name is Talia Cruzy, and I am a wife and a mom of four I live in Northeast Iowa, so I live in the rural Midwest, mm -hmm. and I, let's see, I, I'm a coach for other young moms who are really having a tough time transitioning into motherhood, mm -hmm. and I was diagnosed with bipolar type 2 when I was 24, went on a really wonderful healing journey, and that was over 12 years ago, so I've learned a lot since then and have just really embraced the fact that there's a lot more to dealing with a mental illness than just medicine and therapy. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of what I used to think. Oh, all right. That's medicine and therapy, but there's so much more beyond that. So yeah. I couldn't agree more. I definitely think that medicine and therapy are part of it, but then we always forget that it's like we're also the part of it too. Like we have to do the work as well, which is something we're also going to be diving into heavily today. And I think it's really important to talk about, you know, new moms because we're millennials here. We are in that generation of, we're kind of transitioning from discovering ourselves, our adulthood, getting our career in order. And then we're kind of shifting gears now in, okay, do I want to find a significant other? Do I want to start a family? And if those are my goals, how can I then create a space and create a family that's authentic to who I am, who my partner is, and really find compassion for ourselves and then all of our relationships around us? So yeah. I wanted to jump into, can you talk us a little bit through your mindset journey and how you got to where you are today? Sure. So when I was diagnosed with the bipolar, I was actually discerning religious life with a community 
Mm-hmm. And that was I a lot now looking back, being able to have perspective and realizing that I was at a point, you know, I'd gone through college and a little bit more than that. And just, I just lacked, I, I, I lacked so much in my life and I just felt like it was just so unstable mm-hmm. and I desired just some order, just some order, like just some order, some stability. And I was really into my faith. And so I just thought, all right, well, I'll just go to the convent and they can straighten me out. And that should be a pretty good ticket to just like becoming a good person because I just don't think I'm doing it very well on Mm -hmm. my own. And I didn't have a lot of hope. I, uh, not that I was, you know, taking extremely risky behaviors or anything like that, but other than maybe driving super fast, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that was when I was diagnosed, it kind of made sense. And, and these sisters, this, they just took me in and they just loved me so much. And they, I loved how their perspective was just like, this does not have to be that big of a deal. As long as you make some really concrete changes, you're young and, you know, kind of introduced to me this thought that like, well, you have to rewire your brain a little bit, you know, and that was, I guess, my first really like, what do you mean? I was always kind of thought, well, this is just how it is, right? right. I mean, mm-hmm. that kind of fixed mindset mm-hmm. was really, I, I had never been taught anything else. And so being introduced to that and then just to the really awesome therapy and then, you know, living with these sisters, they sent me to Europe actually for a year just oh, to- just Okay. Yes, just to work on this. They sent me to the, their convent in like rural Germany and they said, you are going to just work on this mental health thing. You are not going to be able to join our community really at the present state that you're in. You're going to have to have a little extra time, you know, get back on a routine, figure out your meds, go through some therapy. And so, yeah, I was sent to Germany and I didn't have a phone. I didn't have money. I didn't have a job. I didn't have you know, I had a set amount of clothes and, and belongings and it was, so I was really free of all of the normal life stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really able to just focus on, focus on like, what does this mean? And, and really able to grapple with it and, and come to terms that like, oh, I can rewire my brain. This doesn't have to be, this doesn't have to be a big deal if I manage it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other option is if I don't manage it, it will, it will manage me. <laughs> and yeah. so that was kind of, you know, it, and it was so wonderful because I had been to therapy before, you know, and stuff going every week or, or whatever. And, but yeah, I would go back to my normal life and I don't know, 45 minutes in a week is just not very much time. And yeah. so being able to kind of be surrounded with the, um, the support 24 seven, Mm-hmm. And not only have a therapist, but I also had like a formator mm-hmm. who was, I would say really my life coach, you know, she was able to, I was able to flush out my, what I was going on with, you know, kind of rewiring the way I thought and the way I talked to myself and all this. And she was then able to, to bring up things too, that I wasn't able to see because she saw me every day. She saw, she saw my life. And, you know, when you do go to therapy, a lot of times you're the ones bringing up things. I mean, your therapist doesn't see you every day. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, so that was just really wonderful. And then even when I left, um, you know, I, I was with these sisters for two and a half years. And I, and then when I left a lot of these things really, I mean, started to blossom, I think on, on, you know, when I started to, to go, I don't want to say go back, you always are going forward. Right. But mm -hmm. going back to a, a lay type of life where I'm, I'm not surrounded by that community anymore, but then making sure I build a community around me mm -hmm. to be that support and, and help me continue in that mindset growth. And so that, and that was hard, you know, but that's where I learned about boundaries and that's where you learn, you get to, you, you know, that's the wonderful thing about adulthood. You do get to choose who yeah. you surround yourself with for a, a, a lot of the, a lot of the time. So yeah but yeah so that's kind of the long <laughs> the long end of it but yeah and it's just been and just realizing you're always growing from there there's mm -hmm. no like I have reached the top I have mm -hmm. I am done now <laughs> you're always yeah, exactly yeah so yeah I love that different. you brought up that um well first of all yes the limit does not exist that we are <clears throat> constantly in a state of growing which I love and just mm -hmm. to kind of circle back to what you said I love that you put yourself, you changed your environment in order to heal. Like you didn't have your phone. You weren't surrounded by all the distractions of normal life, like you said, which I think is a brilliant point because I think people are going on these healing journeys, but they're not really changing their environment that's causing them to be in whatever spiral that they're in. And because uh -huh. we don't have time to sit and think because we're constantly distracted by either our phones, our computers, the TV. So we never have a chance to just sit in silence and kind of be with ourselves to go on a healing journey and figure out what's going on with me. What am I struggling with? What can I grow with? So I love that you went on a journey. And I also advocate, and I wish <clears throat> that I did this, was I went straight from high school to college. And college was great. I loved the mm -hmm. college experience. But I always in the back of mind, because I thought that was the right thing to do. But I remember people mm -hmm. saying, no, I actually took a year off and like kind of worked and traveled and kind of figured myself mm -hmm. out. And then I went to college to do what I want to do. Because there's so many people that go into college, they start with a major and then change their major like five times because they can't figure it out. Like my sister did that. She went out as a, as a criminal justice major and then she came out an education major. That's how college happened for right. her. But <laughs> right. Right. So I think I love that you just took time off and took time for yourself. Let me go somewhere. Mm -hmm. Let me go to a convent. They send you to rural Germany. And then you had a spot right. to just really sit with yourself and be like, how can I build a better life for myself? I have all these resources, which they provided for you. And you had the support, which is great. You had therapy, which is great. But then at the end of the day, it was you. You made the choice mm -hmm. of I, like you said, I can either manage it or it's going to manage me. And I resonated mm -hmm. with that so much because I have a similar thing with my anxiety. Do I let anxiety mm -hmm. me and have all these worrisome thoughts all the time and be in panic mode 24 seven? Or do I learn mm -hmm. how to manage it and then grow from it and learn in my everyday life and just become a better person and not let something like that keep me stuck and hold me back and live in fear all the time? How can I reclaim my power with my mental health and knowing it's never maybe going to go away completely and that's okay, that that's fine, but don't let it take over, you know, your life. So thank you for sharing that story. It was beautiful and thank you for being vulnerable with us and sharing that. So 
if people are listening right now and they're wondering, okay, I'm kind of in like a really dark season right now and Mm -hmm. I don't really know how to get out of it. And we're talking about self-compassion and self-love. How can women, whatever dark season they are, maybe they're, you know, in college, they're shifting jobs, they became a new mom, wherever they're kind of at right now, how can they create self-compassion if they're stuck in a dark season right now? So I always think that one of the big uh, things that really hindered me from doing that in my, you know, younger 20s was I did not have a separation between my identity and like what I did, right? I was only worth what I did. And I was only, I, I, I really, I honestly, if you would have asked me, well, how do you define your identity? I completely, completely left it in the hands of other people, like of what they thought of me. Mm-hmm. And I kind of said, well, I identify because this, you know, of, of what other people say. And I had really no, like, this is who I am. Um, and I didn't, and so that's why when I was also, you know, I was diagnosed, it was really, uh, it was really, really hard because I thought, oh my goodness, what does this mean about me? And so when I was able to, though, recognize that this has nothing to do with necessarily who I am as a person, but it's something that I have. Mm-hmm. And um, then I was able to really protect that self-worth, you know what I mean, in, the, in my identity, that um, that's what I am protecting here. Mm-hmm. And then from there, learning to really have that compassion and, and just continue to recognize, and, and this is all through, right? There is a lot of deep diving into, well, where does my self-worth come from? What have I um, experienced in the past that has maybe not been aligned with the truth of who I am? And mm-hmm. and But then on the practical side of it, then... Um, Cause you know, there are still some very dark days, especially when, you know, you become a mom, you're like, oh, I've, I've kind of got a handle on it. And then you become a mom and your identity kind of changes a little more, you know, mm-hmm. and you're like, whoa. Um, and, you know, and you can go through all those hormonal changes, the postpartum stuff, and you have to recognize, okay, in these dark seasons, again, reminding yourself of the fact that you're a human and you're worth loving just, just for being alive. Mm-hmm. And then, and then protecting that and recognizing you don't have to do anything or prove anything to anybody. <laughs> like you don't have to prove your worth to anything, to anybody. And so, um, but that took a long time to come to that um, realization. But then once I was able to come to that, recognizing that just taking the really little steps, you know, washing my face, (laughs) brushing my teeth, Mm -hmm. uh, doing five minutes of exercise, just going outside. Because I was always kind of a, I'm going to beat myself up until I do it kind of person. Mm -hmm. Um, I am going to, you know, if I don't do it, then I'm lazy and pathetic and I'm awful, you know, and Mm so... I need to go do this. And it was always really intense, you know, before I had, um, you know, I was, I was really into exercise and I, I, um, did races and I was always had been to train for something. And, you know, so that was, um, something that I had to really let go of because that didn't help the bipolar necessarily, um, a whole lot and just learning how to 
go for a 20 minute walk and be okay with that and be like, <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> Instead yeah. of being like, I need to go for a run. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I suck at life. Right. And mm-hmm. so, and then just a lot of, and that was also how I talked to myself was really, you know, when you can uh, really hone in on that skill of being aware of what am I saying to myself? And, you know, as a coach, that's what I, I work with, with clients. That's one of the first things is really trying to be aware of actually articulating what are you saying to yourself? Because sometimes it's easy to, to, to think, oh, I know what I'm saying to myself. But when you actually have to go write it down, it can be very, very difficult because you can't, it's almost like you're surprised. You're like, oh, that's really hard, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that I'm saying that to myself. And yet that is what you're saying. And so, um, yeah, so a lot of these kind of what I call like gentle self-care steps that are very doable and that, you know, the whole self-care doesn't have to be taking a luxurious, you know, spa day every day, you know, yeah. or every weekend. It's, you know, because that that costs a lot of money too. And yeah. uh, are you worth it? Absolutely. But uh, money is real. And so- <laughs> you know, not, not getting caught up with, I need to go spend money in order to take care of myself. But I mean, obviously allowing yourself to do that, but also just taking these really small steps, um, that I can do right now today, uh, just to recognize that I'm doing it because I'm worth taking care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that because everyone on this planet is worth taking care of. And I love that you said that it's really important to diverge from the identity that you hold to yourself and also then how you speak to yourself. Because I always thought, because I'm a teacher, so I'm like, oh, well, if I'm a bad teacher, if I had a bad day teaching, I'm a bad teacher, that means I'm a bad person. Like that's the internal dialogue that just went right through my brain. I also heavily resonated with what you said about, I'm like daily movement because I've been an athlete all my life. So it was like, if I'm going to the gym, I'm going hard. Like I'm going for it. And then uh-huh. I started to realize that if I like missed a day at the gym, I was like, oh, well, you're a lazy, you know, piece of shit and you're terrible. How dare you miss the gym? Mm-hmm. And especially if I was like training for like preseason and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But now I'm more gentle with myself with even working out and being like, I love how you said, oh, just go for a walk for 20 minutes. That's so wonderful. Put in some headphones, go on your hot girl walk. It's still movement. It's still beautiful. You want to take your dog for the walk with you. You want to take your baby in the shoulder for a walk with you. Let's multitask. Let's get everybody going. Let's get some fresh air. Let's go outside. It's beautiful once you are not so hard on yourself Mm -hmm. because I had a strong internal dialogue for most of my life that your productivity is your identity. You have good work ethic. That makes you a good person. The minute you stifle from like following the rules, working hard, you know, always like hustling. The minute you diverge from that, you're lazy. You're a bad person. You don't care about anything. And that was like all the way through college too. That was through college, the same thing. But all of a sudden I was sent into the real world as an adult in my twenties. And I'm realizing, oh, that kind of lifestyle, that mindset is not sustainable. And I was heavily going through burnout along with my anxiety because my anxiety was making me feel burnt out because I have this constant like hamster wheel in my brain saying, you got to do this, you got to say this, you got to be perfect, blah, 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 all the things. Mm-hmm. And that once I like was at that point, I was like, no, this is not it. This is not a way to live. Mm-hmm. And my worth 
it's just me again I went through this also like I go to therapy too I go um, every two weeks and we talked about this and it was like well what if like you stopped doing all those things what if you stopped maybe instead of going to the gym five times a week you went three times a week so you're not as tired all the time would that really change your life and make you a better person and I was mm-hmm. like no, that wouldn't. What if you set boundaries at work and you left work at work? Are you a bad teacher? No, are you going to get fired? No, okay, let's do that. And so kind of realizing to be so gentle with yourself and be nice to yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like everyone always says, oh, be kind to other people, which is fantastic. You should be kind to other people, mm-hmm. but be kind to yourself too, because you are your worst critic. Mm-hmm. You say so many bad things to yourself on a daily basis. If you make a mistake, you're like, oh, I messed up. I'm terrible. I'm awful. You say the wrong thing. Oh, I'm so stupid. You know how many times I hear people say, oh, I'm so stupid. I'm so dumb. Mm-hmm. And I correct people recently. Um, and I say, no, you're not stupid. You just made a mistake. That's fine. Because yeah. I had to start telling myself that too. You're not stupid. You made a mistake. That's mm-hmm. fine. So mm-hmm really creating a strong inner dialogue and detaching from the identity of you need to be perfect all the time to have worth. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, this is how life should be lived. That I am just waking up doing things that I got to do, doing things that I love, being nice to people, being nice to myself. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's so simple. Like we make life so much more difficult mm-hmm. than it needs to be because mm-hmm. of the thoughts that are going through the heads, the stories that we tell ourselves because of our, you know, Mm -hmm. identity. And the minute we also bring another person into the mix and starting a family and being a mom, like my sister, she's a brand new mom. And Mm -hmm. so that's a brand new aunt. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of learning from her seeing from the distance. And it's, it's so crazy how, like, once you have a kid, things that you worried about, like pre-baby, no longer matter anymore. Like that's small stuff. I don't even care about that. But then when you have a kid, it does put your life into a whole new perspective, which I think is also a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And then you also kind of have to work through again with, okay, just because I make a mistake as a mom doesn't mean I'm a bad mom. It's the, it's the same process. So the lesson really never goes away. It's us continuing to grow in the lesson of detaching ourselves from our identity in order to just be and just try our best every day. And I think that's, that's a huge thing that we're seeing with, when you do become a mom, you kind of, if you haven't gone through that, you bring that with you. And then all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. right. You're, you're like, I have to do this and this and this in order to be, and, and this is the beautiful thing about your baby does not care about what you do. (laughs) You know what I mean? As long as you, you know, they They don't care. They just, they, and, little kids you know what I mean they're just I, we're, I'm so happy you're here in your life you know what I mean yeah, and like come play with it. me it's and so simple it's so beautiful and um but I mean at the same time there's a lot of work to do you know but that was something I was so afraid I was so afraid that I was going to be a terrible mom you know mm-hmm. when you know getting the diagnosis working through some of these things how am I well how would I ever be a good mom I I would not I I should not be bringing children into this world and who mm-hmm. would marry me anyway you know I was telling that, us the stories the stories that are going right, through our brains I mean, but again like you said once you kind of so one of these distortions I had you know that all or nothing thinking of like yeah. does that make sense that you should be perfect all the time like does that make tiring? That's exhausting. Like, I guess not. I guess I, I do make mistakes like on a just logical level. Yeah. All right. That's all we're saying here is that sometimes we make mistakes, but that doesn't mean 
right? It's like, it, you're just a terrible person because of that. So I really had to work through that and that it does, it makes so much more peace when you're able to say, all right, that was not the best choice, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, that's all right. You don't make a huge deal about it and you're able to kind of make amends and move on that much quicker rather than going on this, you know, week long, yeah. you know, kind of hiatus of like, oh my goodness, I'm awful. So mm-hmm. you, you learn to bounce back a lot quicker make amends and, and then it kind of also helps you be less defensive and just go, yeah, you're right. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's better. It's so much better for your relationships and communications once you're able to just live in that realm rather than the all or nothing mm-hmm. thinking so yeah you gain more patience with yourself but then also you gain more patience with other people absolutely that's that's the that's the like the the great side effect of once I realized I didn't have to be perfect all the time then I didn't expect others to have to be perfect all the right. time which really helped um, with my relationship with my boyfriend, Nate, where I had all these like high expectations because I had, I needed to be perfect. So you need to be perfect. And then that really, and it made me, like you said, very like defensive all the time. And I would never, I would never say sorry. Like mm-hmm. you always have to say sorry first if we had an argument and then I would say, sorry, I'd be like, all right, yeah, I'm sorry too. Mm-hmm. And then I had to grow and I realized that's, that's not a, like a healthy communication thing to do. If I make a mistake, let me say make a mistake because even like, at work too and friendships I was always like very stubborn with like admitting I was wrong and like I made a mistake like my bad it was kind of more like I would make the mistake and then they would tell me I made the mistake and I'd be like okay and then we would just kind of move on instead of me like taking accountability and be like you know what I'm really sorry for what I said I didn't mean it it was out of anger or whatever that it was and truly apologize and then kind of move on from it where I was always very angry and very defensive because I can't make mistakes because I'm perfect. And if I'm not perfect, then I'm not valuable. That's the the brain here. And um, even so, like you said, where you're afraid if you're going to bring something with you, I had the same thing. Um, Actually, when I first started dating Nate, I literally had a conversation with him and I was like, you know, I do want to have kids at some point in my life. Um, and I want to be a mom, but I'm really afraid I'm going to not be a good mom. I'm not going to be good at it because at that point, this was like three years ago that my anxiety was going to take over, you know, in, in motherhood, or I would pass my anxiety to my kids, or I would not have a lot of patience with them because I'm so defensive and angry all the time. And so then once I did the work and I went to therapy and I had open communication with Nate and kind of started to grow as a person, I don't have that fear anymore. I mean, it lingers a little bit, but I don't have much big of a fear because I took the time to be like, I don't like how I'm reacting to things, how I'm communicating, how my anxiety is really managing me at that point. How can I make the change within myself? What resources do I have? to change the way that I am perceiving and reacting to life. Mm -hmm. And that's just the same thing that you have to do in motherhood. It's just the Mm -hmm. skills are changed a little bit. You have to ask for help because now you have to have, you know, you're responsible for this child. And so you need, when you need help, you have to be able to make sure. It's so scary asking for help. (laughs) It is. It is very, oh my goodness. It, it is very, I, I would have to say it took me to have like two kids before I really was like, all right. Yeah. need help like and I just 
And it's very, it's humbling, right? Cause you're just like, no, I want to do it all by myself. And I know how to do this and recognizing that what a gift it is for them then to, you know, receive love from other people too. And, you know, it, and then, you know, you really are some, so much of a better woman and a mom when you come back after just like a three hour break, you know, of like, all right, I got to get out of this house and, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to communicate your needs and um, you're not a bad mom. If you have to like, right, take some time for yourself. Um, and, and, and that's, that's all a skill, you know, those are all things that you can, you can learn though. And so it's just the same thing. And that's, so I'm so glad to hear that you're, you know, you're at that place because that will make that transition when you do have children that much more, at least familiar, you know, it'll be different, but it's just like, no, I've done this before. Mm-hmm. I will do this. I will figure this out again. So yeah, I think that's the hope that, that, you know, single women or, you know, women who are not quite there yet, but know that they would like to have that sometime in the future mm-hmm. need, you know, for that, just kind of that, that little bit of hope. <laughs> yeah. And I agree that asking for help is, is, is a learned skill because I think we grow up, especially in the new age of like, you need to be a strong, independent woman. Don't ask anybody for help, which mm-hmm. like is good. But again, there's a balance where like, you should be able to be self-sufficient and do things on your own. Sure. Yes. But then it's also okay to like be in a community and ask for help and lean on people for support. Like we're not good in isolation. That's never from an evolutionary standpoint, from the beginning of time, like we need to be in a group and that saying we're like raising a child it takes a village because it literally does take a village I mean if you really go back to I'm like I'm a history teacher so you go back to nomadic hunter gatherers we lived in groups and everyone took care of everyone's kids so Mm -hmm. when you are a new mom and I even I see this with my sister like we help her like we're there for her and you know she works she's also a teacher so um my nephew you know goes to his Gigi's house my mom's house and she watches him and then I come over and I help like we do it together because like he's my mom's grandson he's my nephew it's her son so we're all a communal you know environment to help to ease because it's so stressful doing anything not alone raising a kid Mm -hmm. by yourself so it's always important to have a community with you whether it's family whether it's friends whatever that it is and ask for help no one's going to look down upon you when you ask for help if it's people that love you you know what I mean like when we ask for help I think we feel like we're being a burden for some reason we are subconsciously taught that if you can't do something on your own you're worthless you're stupid you need to know how to do things by yourself so then when we want to ask for help we have that little hesitation because we don't want to seem like you're a burden but that's like the worst thing we're ever taught because it's so important to help others and also Mm -hmm. ask for help that's how we get through things if you want to do everything by yourself you're going to be we're so tired because we're doing so Mm -hmm. many things on our own and not asking for help when we need it Right. And something I always remember, I'm like, well, if my friend asked me of this, would yeah. I think of it as like, oh, such a burden, right? Mm-hmm. You really, I mean, um, I would be like, oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, obviously there's, there's sometimes where you're like, okay, sometimes you have to bring up a conversation of like right. boundaries, you know, or something like that. But, you know, done in, in good intention and love and, and things like that, that's, it's, it also gives people an opportunity to give of themselves, you know, and that's, 
and then you can and you can learn how to receive that so it's it is great yeah that, oh i love that you brought up receiving help too cuz not only is it important skill to ask for help but if people are willing to offer help accept it right. like do not be like no yes. no i got cuz that's always our like initial no i got it don't worry i appreciate the help but no worries i got it and then all of a sudden we're tired we're exhausted we're burnt out say yes to the help for some reason we feel like if we receive help it's we're relinquishing whatever control we thought that we had on the situation and it's like no yeah. no first of all we didn't have control over the situation like let that go <laughs> let that go yeah. and receive the help because in the long run it's going to serve us when we help others and when we receive help it just it's such a better situation and we feel better too Right. Yes, absolutely. I think you're right. You hit the nail on the head when it's like, it's all about kind of control. Like you kind of have to relinquish mm -hmm. control. And yet that's the thing I think about with motherhood. Our kids are not these projects for us to just like control. Yeah. I mean, we're responsible, but we're not, do we really want to raise our children being like, I need to have control over every single thing. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think we want to necessarily do that. So yeah, exactly. And the fact that we think we can control anything. I mean, we have a little bit of control. We have a little bit here and there, but in the grand scheme of things, life is just going to happen the way it's going to happen. And we just kind of have to accept it and then respond, you know, mm -hmm. well in that situation. And so I want to kind of step into if women are listening and they're like, okay, I do want to show myself great self-compassion, but no one really ever taught me like how to do that and how to do it in my everyday life. Cause I do want to take that step. How can women do, um, you know, self-compassion and self-love in their everyday routine? So I always kind of, one thing is this kind of self-awareness of, well, how do you feel self-love? You know, um, there's obviously this, like I said before, kind of just taking care of yourself, but then also allowing yourself to do things that you like, like what gives you life, you know, what, uh, re what books do you like to read? What music do you like to listen to? What, you know, and, and allowing yourself to, to do that, you know, just allowing yourself to really enjoy yourself for that 15 minutes, 30 minutes, just because you enjoy it, you know, and it's just, allowing yourself because a lot of times we think oh if it's just for me you know it's not worth it mm -hmm. it is but that takes a lot of self-knowledge because sometimes I used to right I used to think oh going for a run is the way I love myself mm -hmm. um yeah I used to like running but like actually kind of digging deep I was doing it for all these other reasons mm -hmm. like, oh, if I read a book I have to read this type of book mm -hmm. okay <laughs> you know or if I'm doing something, I have to be, it. I, the production always got in the way. Yep. And so like one thing I, I, I cultivated was like learning how to go out to a restaurant by myself, learning how to Ooh. go to a movie mm -hmm. completely by my, I mean, I'm talking like a sit down restaurant, I'm yep. going to sit, ask for a table for one and mm -hmm. I'm going to sit and enjoy my meal and I'm not going to sit on my phone or whatever. I'm going to sit and then I'm going to enjoy my meal because because my husband hates this food and I really want to just go and have mm -hmm. an enjoyable meal, you know, and recognizing, um, oh, well, I, this friend isn't available and this friend, and you'll get a lot of that, especially when you become a mom and you have mm -hmm. a lot of mom friends, your availability just doesn't always drive. And you yep. have to be able to just be like, but you know what? I have this time. 
and I want to go see this movie or I want to go read this book. And I'm just I'm going to go to the coffee shop and I'm going to do that. And um, there's, and so there's that. And then again, just the really, but sometimes when you're so in a, such a dark place, you can't even do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think recognizing the importance of just the really little things, I'm going to make my bed and I'm going to, and that might be a huge, that might be, I'm going to get, I'm going to get out of my bed and I'm going to get dressed. Like, you know, you just have to yep. do the next right thing and then, and not worry about the rest, but just do the next right thing. And a lot of times it's right in front of you. Okay. I'm going to go to work now. Okay. I'm going to go to this appointment. Cause you know, I think in the dark season we get so tempted to, I'm going to cancel everything and yeah. kind of just hide under, I'm going to cancel every social event whatever I had on my calendar and I'm just gonna burrow in and, and, you know, kind of go into allow myself, allow myself to go into this dark hole, but keeping your appointments, <laughs> keeping those social things, that doesn't mean you have to show up all happy, go lucky. You can just kind of say, I'm having a hard day, you know, but that these really little things, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go wash my face. I'm going to go put my makeup on. If I don't have nice makeup, I'm going to go and like get a consultant and I'm going to get some nice makeup. You know, I'm going to learn what kind of clothes look good on me. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to learn what my style is. I'm, you know, all these things that really actually take a long time to kind of figure out because you just thought you just kind of maybe been on autopilot forever that you're like, no, I grew up in the Midwest. Everybody wore jeans and t-shirt. That's what you wore. And it wasn't until like I was 30, I was like, I hate wearing jeans. I just hate it. My <laughs> I, I hate it. I'm super tall. So I, and it doesn't look good on me. They're uncomfortable. I don't know. And so recognizing that I'm like, huh, I don't have to wear jeans if I don't want to. <laughs> you know, just Imagine that. <laughs> on my land. Wow. The world opened up to me. Um, just recognizing that I can have my own style, you know, and these little things that just wreck, just help you be like, this is who I am. And this is what makes me feel good. And this is what I feel confident in. And this is the person who I want to be. So it's, it's, it's these big things, but sometimes it's just also these really, really little things. Um, And these little things are something that I always keep track of. So I have a little tracker. I put down how much sleep I get. I put down, did I take my medicine? Mm -hmm. Did I, um, drank a glass of water, you know, did I exercise for five minutes and allowing yourself to be like, that was enough. That was, that was enough. There's no more like, I'm going to put the goal as five minutes, but secretly I hope that it just motivates me to do for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do for five minutes and that's going to be enough. Um, Hey, Growth Mindset Gang, have you ever been super overwhelmed, anxious, or stressed in your life due to maybe your job, your relationships, your friendships, your family, and you have all this inner turmoil and it can seem like there is no way out? I felt that way. I remember when I was on the train to work one day and I had this super influx of anxiety and I didn't even know where it was coming from. And I would talk to my friends and family and significant others about it. But I needed something more. 
I needed to talk to a professional. And so I started going to therapy because I realized I shouldn't live like this and neither should you. So today's sponsor is brought to you by BetterHelp, which is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you the access to the help that may not be available in your area. You just need to fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. That is two days, you guys. Then you schedule a secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. I actually used BetterHelp when I started my therapy journey. It was one of the first options I looked at because I felt like I was so busy all the time. When would I have time to go to find a therapist and then go to therapy? And I remember I took a very simple questionnaire and they matched me with a therapist. She was super helpful and useful. And I was able to text her whenever I was feeling anxious. And I was like, this is amazing. Right? And I know therapy can be a little intimidating at first and it kind of feels like dating and you kind of go through the different aspects and motions of it. But with BetterHelp, if you're not feeling the therapist that they gave you, they will switch it up and find someone better for you. So it takes the stress from you with finding a therapist that works. And you can request a new therapist at no additional charge at any time. So join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And let me tell you, from my own experience with therapy, it is so amazing to talk to a professional about your anxiety and have them kind of go through specific scenarios and conversations with you so you don't feel alone and they give you helpful tools in order to take on and combat your overwhelm, your anxiety, and your stress because you guys know we shouldn't be living like this and we shouldn't be living stuck in our own heads and we should enjoy life and talking to a professional can definitely help with us to switch our perspective and grow our mindset. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash the growth mindset gal. That's better com slash the growth mindset gal. That link is going to be in my show notes. And if you're interested in therapy, this would be a beautiful, wonderful first step to see if this can work for you. And I hope you guys enjoy these services that it provides. And I hope that it helps you in your mindset journey. So you can um, continue with what you were saying about how keeping track of like the small things you do in your day really matter. Cause I, I love where you were going with that. Right. So like I said, I, this tracker, this tracker that I have mm-hmm. is so helpful because it helps the other people in my house kind of recognize where I'm at. So for one thing, I get so annoyed when my husband's like, did you take your medicine? Mm-hmm. Did you go to sleep? You know, like. He's, and I don't know why I just get, I just get really triggered by that. Like that too, because I'm like, I'm and an adult, so, I can handle things. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. Cause a lot of times it's like, I'll just be having maybe a grumpy day or, you know, I'm a little 
I'm a little mad because yeah. of something that I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure anybody would be mad at this. And, and then my husband's like, did you take your medicine? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> don't worry. It's, I'm just having a bad day. And, and so I made this tracker to be like, you know what, instead of asking me that, cause it just mm-hmm. triggers me to another degree. If you could just look at this chart that I have in the kitchen and then you can be like, oh, she did take your medicine today. Oh, but you know, but maybe she didn't, she hasn't been sleeping well. Mm-hmm. She hasn't really had, she hasn't really exercised and just having this be kind of this, um, neutral zone, this, that this, my husband's wondering like, how are you doing? And he can go and look and be like, I've noticed that you haven't perhaps, you know, exercised or you haven't drank a lot of water and, you know, just having it be this open conversation of how are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes men, especially, well, I mean, not always just men, but you know, people in general, they want to know how you're doing, but they don't know how to ask sometimes yeah. when they know that you're right. And so, especially for the people who live with us or in our day-to-day lives, mm-hmm. I think it's really important for them just to kind of have this, like, let me just see how this is going. Um, and so, yeah, so that's something I really, and then for me too, to kind of be like, huh, yeah, how am I doing? <laughs> and look yeah. at my background and be like, oh man, I have not, you know, cause I don't, I, again, this is supposed to be gentle. It's not like I need to fill this, the whole thing out. It's more kind of, I always used to have to take track of like my, again, my sleep and my medicine and my mood. And so this is just a little bit more like, yeah. Uh, how are you doing with just your basic hygiene and mm-hmm. yeah it's more of just like your own accountability of a self right. check-in rather than like a rigorous oh I'm a terrible person if I didn't check off everything right. that's on the list yes. yeah because sometimes journaling is I'm just like it, it doesn't inspire me or like mm-hmm. I know the one minute journals and all this it's just I'm not much of a writer mm-hmm. um and also to be okay, like I do, I do like productivity and efficiency and that's okay. And I like to be able to go into something and be like, check, 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 check. Okay, great. That took me 20 seconds. I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Just making it a little bit more doable rather than taking 20 minutes to journal about your day. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. not motivated to do that. You have to definitely be in the mood to journal. Cause I, I used right. to journal a lot. Like every weekend I would journal about like my week. It'd be like 10 to 20 minutes granted. But as like, I'm like going more and more into my mindset journey, my mental health journey, I notice I am journaling less and less because I feel like I only journal like when I like initially innately feel the need to, you know what, let me journal today. I feel I want to like really dive into myself today. It doesn't always have to be like, I need to journal on Saturday from 9am to 9.15. Like it doesn't have to be like that where you can just do it when you feel like doing it. And Mm -hmm. I love that you brought up when you want to bring in some self-love and compassion to your everyday routine. The things that you love to do, I love that you said it, they don't have to be productive. Like you don't have to be like, well, if I'm going to read a book, I have to read at least 20 pages. No, Mm -mm. read the book and whatever page you're like, all right, I'm done reading. Okay, we're done here. Move on with my life. Oh, I have to work out for an hour. I have to move my body for an hour. No, maybe it's a 30 minute, 20 minute thing that you do. Fine. It's it's what makes you feel good. Like even this morning I woke up and I was like, okay, I'm going to take some time for myself before our interview. So I woke up, 
And I saw the kitchen was a little bit of a mess. I didn't clean it last night because I was just like, whatever, it's Friday. And uh-huh. I was like, you know what? Let me clean it. Not because I have to be productive, but like I innately feel like, you know what? I want like a nice clean kitchen right now. Let me do that for myself. Let me clean up a little bit. And then I was like, all right, I'm making my coffee. I'm going to go sit down mm-hmm. on the couch. I'm going to read my book until I feel like I'm done with it, which I did. I also was like, I got to do a little bit of laundry. So let me do that with my time. And then I sat down and I did everything that, you know, I was doing. And I was like, well, I still have like an hour. So you know what? Let me, I have time. Maybe I will. I journaled today. I was like, you know what? I feel it today. I am going to sit down and journal for maybe 10, 15 minutes, put a little nice like self-care music on Mm -hmm. and just do it. And then I was like, okay, well, now I'm done with that. And then I was like, okay, let me start to get ready for, you know, the interview. And that was that. There was no like, I need to do these things. I have to. I did them because I genuinely was like, let me take some time for myself. And it felt nice. And even after our interview, I was like, okay, after the interview, I want to go to the gym. So after our interview, I'm going to go to the gym, do my thing. Uh-huh. And like, that's just kind of what it is where you sit with yourself and you're like, hmm, what would make me feel good today? That's all you have to think about. And maybe it's like you said, taking time out and going to your favorite coffee shop, get your favorite coffee, or maybe like do work there instead of doing work at home. Yeah. And I also connected to when you said, going places by yourself because you want to go there as mm-hmm. a, as an adult I'm not even a mom yet but as an adult everyone has different working schedules and different interests and yes. blah, 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 blah. I gotta plan two months in advance with people sometimes because that's just how the schedule I'm friends with a lot of nurses so right. teacher and nurses schedules are very different uh-huh. so it's okay that people are unavailable when you are available right. so over the summer because I'm off in the summer Um, I love going to the beach. It's like my favorite place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not everyone was always available to go to the beach with me. So I was like, you know what? I'm a big girl. You know, I'm 28. Uh I can go to the beach by myself. It is. It is. Okay. And because I was like, for some reason, you're anxious. Like, what are people going to think of me seeing me sit alone at the beach? You know how many people sit alone at the beach? No, you don't care. Like, no one cares. Like, just do your thing. Yeah, so I drove. I started doing it last summer where I would drive to the beach. I would get my Starbucks uh-huh. and I would drive to the beach and I because I live on Long Island. So I got beaches everywhere. Yeah. And I would have my Tommy Bahama beach chair with me and I would bring my book. I would bring my headphones and I would just sit. I would read. I would tan. I would listen to podcasts and I'd be there maybe like three hours, give or take get my tan on. And then I would leave and it, and it was fine. It was beautiful um, because like everyone was either working, even my boyfriend, Nate, he works remotely, but so he's working, he's working from home. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to the beach. You have fun with that because it's okay to go places by yourself and do things that you enjoy. That's going to make you happy. And the more places you do go by yourself because you want to, and it makes you happy, the easier that it gets. Like at first you're a little like, oh, this is awkward. This is weird. Like maybe like sitting alone at like, you know, a food, you know, restaurant and things like that. It's okay. Cause like the more you do it, the more you don't care. And then you realize no one actually cares that you're sitting alone. Like everyone's doing their own thing. They could care less that they see you sitting alone. And if they do care that you're sitting alone, who cares? Right. And you know, that was something for me. On I almost can't explain it, but I just remember that was just a huge practical shift for me was that I would never be able to do anything by myself ever. Mm-hmm. And if it was by myself, it was like, I'm going to go order food and like, just take it to my car and then eat it, you know, by myself in the in car. My car yeah. Like, you know, the park a lot. <laughs> and you're just like, 
this isn't dignifying. Like I just like, don't, I don't know. And, or just feeling like I, I had no idea who I was by myself again, because mm-hmm. I got all of my identity by the people who I was around because then I could be the funny one and I could be the fun one. And mm-hmm. I was, everything was, was all in how I made people feel. And if I didn't have anybody to like do that with, it would just be self-sabotage as soon as I was alone. Like as soon as I was alone. You're alone with your thoughts. No one's there to yes. distract you from your inner critic. What? Yes. Oh no. I just you have to, you know, so that's just a huge, when you learn how to talk to yourself gently and mm-hmm. with love and compassion, you're able then to be okay being by yourself. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's just, you know, and obviously we're all, you know, very busy. We're not able to do this every day, you know, all day where we're like, what do I want to, like, there's, there's so many times where we're like, I have to go to work. I have to do this. And so this time is, is very limited and, Yet when you do have that spare moment, you're able to be like, all right, I know what I want to do. Instead of being like, oh, what should I do? And then you spend 15 minutes, you know, all of a sudden you're like, well, I got to go back to the thing now. And yeah. Or like you get distracted by like your phone. You're like, well, I don't really know what to do. So I'm going to go on Instagram and TikTok and just scroll endlessly. And now my time's up and now I got to go back to whatever I had to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's another thing too, is that people don't know what real rest is and real leisure is, you know, they think I'm going to veg, which I get that too. It's always nice to like, I don't want to have to do anything like with my mind right now. I want to just like watch this show and relax and just decompress Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Um, but you know, especially, yeah, with the social media stuff, being very aware of all the little thoughts that creep in and, Mm-hmm. you know, these little comparison things. Oh, I should be doing it like that. Oh, that, you know, just kind of being aware of like, when am I inspired and when am I comparing myself? Because yeah. there's a big a difference. Huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I, just, I love, okay, yeah. yeah, I love that you also brought up, you talked about like the inner critic where like, when you go places by yourself, you don't know how to be with yourself because it's un- it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfy. It is because you're just kind of alone with how you think without the distractions of, oh, other people are here. I got to play a certain part. I got to put a mask on and be like you said, the fun one and be energetic. But when you're with yourself, uh-huh. you don't have that distraction. And uh-huh. then you start to have thoughts and you're like, you start to realize the shadowy parts of yourself in your mind. You're like, ooh, those are scary things that are in my brain right now. How mm-hmm. do I distract myself? Oh, here's my phone. Let me scroll instead of being like, hmm, why am I thinking these thoughts? What are some changes that I can make to make those thoughts better? You know, whatever, what have you. Mm-hmm. So the inner critic is not, or your inner thoughts are not these like villain things that you should just ignore and distract yourself from. Mm-hmm. So how can people, if they want to start going to places by themselves and being with themselves and getting comfortable, how can they get very comfortable with their inner critic that's inside the brains? So I think this was, I mean, in my own personal experience, this was, you know, a lot of, of what therapy was all about was, you know, mm-hmm. like, what is the inner voice that is telling and why, and why are you listening to that? Cause I think that's, that's the worst thing is when you don't even realize you're going to distract yourself, yep. you're just completely believing everything that that inner critic is telling you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, absolutely. Yep. You're not, you're not even putting up a fight. You're just like, mm-hmm. you're totally right. I am totally stupid. I'm a total loser. Mm-hmm. I'm totally pathetic. And then, but then that's the first thing is 
again, just being really aware of like, wait, why am I thinking that? Is that true? Mm -hmm. Is that true? And for me, um, you know, the cognitive behavioral techniques that were really, really helpful, kind of learning how these thoughts, your feelings, your actions, how they all influence each other. Mm -hmm. That gave me a structure to kind of plug into of like, okay, hold on. What am I thinking right now? And how is that contributing to how I'm feeling and how, you know, my next action here, how can I choose to think something different? Right. Cause recognizing I, I have, a ch I have a choice. I don't have to believe these things. Thoughts mm -hmm. are things that I can e either believe, or I can be like, you know what? You're not serving me very well. I'm going to think something different, mm -hmm. you know? Um, like when I'm thinking, oh, I have to get out of bed and go wash my face. And I'm like, oh, I don't really don't want to, I'm too tired. You know, I just, it's Been not a there. big deal, <laughs> you know? And it's like, okay, being aware, this is what I'm thinking. There is, and it's just kind of like, there's no, like, there, there, it's just so subtle. You're not even thinking I suck. You know, mm -hmm. it's not even that drastic. It's just like, oh, I don't want to, I don't have a whole lot. And then just recognizing that's leading me to feel really unmotivated right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. And then being like, you know what? I'm going to focus on the fact that if I do this, I'm going to feel so good after this yep. and I'm going to let that motivate me, you know, like, yeah, I don't want to do it, but it's only going to take me five minutes and then I'm going to feel so much better about myself. Yeah. And that's what, that's the feeling I'm going for. So I'd rather feel that than feel unmotivated in my bed, you know, like, yeah, uh, I do that a lot with, um, with working out after work. Cause after work, I'm just so tired. I'm so right? done. But then I, I'm like in the car driving there. Cause I have the gym bag packed. Cause I'm like, if it's not right? packed, I'm not going. And I think to myself, I'm like, you're going to feel, and I always do. I always do. Yes. I'm going to feel so much better and more energized actually. Yes. When I'm done with whatever workout that I'm doing, whether it's strength, cardio, yoga, yeah. whatever Pilates I'm doing. And I always feel so much better. And I'm always so happy after it. Same thing at night when it's like, oh, I'm getting tired. I need to take off my makeup and I need to wash my face yep. and I'll get so tired. But I'm like, nope, I have to do this because I know I'm taking care of my skin. My skin needs, it has all the oil and sweat from the day. I don't, you know, it. it's good to take care of myself. Let me do it. And it's like, when I learned about metacognition, where like it's thinking about what you're thinking about my mm -hmm. mind. I remember I learned that in grad school for, uh -huh. um, for education, I was like, what? Do that? <laughs> we can do that? Thinking about what I'm thinking about? Wait, what? Uh -huh. that thing? And um, that's when I start to realize, like you said, like there's this, you can choose, again, you can feel whatever you're feeling. Right. After coming in and then you go, okay, I'm having this thought. I just said, wow, I suck because I, I made a mistake. Then uh -huh. you can be like, okay, I understand that I said that, but you know what? how can I make a better decision next time this, this comes up? How can I learn from this mistake? And people are like, oh, that's great that you're going to sit there and be like, oh, let me choose again, bah, 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 uh -huh. you know, and, and things like that, where I'm like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a weird pause that you have to do, but that's how you do the healing. When everyone rolls mm -hmm. their eyes, I'm like, oh yeah, let me just choose my, choose a happy thought. I mean, yes, that's, that's the step to healing right. where, to make the next step. You don't have to do toxic positivity where like, oh, everything's rainbows right, and sunshine. No. But you can choose to feel a little bit better in that moment to then make a better decision so you don't stay in that stuck anger or frustration, whatever you're feeling. Because I think, yeah, that's a huge thing is to recognize like, you know what? So this happened to me 
just the other day. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling really grumpy this morning. Like I am just feeling really grumpy and then allowing yourself to be like, all right, that's all right. I'm yeah. People get grumpy. You know, people have grumpy feelings. Feelings are kind of neutral. I, I always kind of tell myself. Um, mm-hmm. And yet I can choose my thoughts and I can choose my actions because I don't like this feeling. Like I don't yeah. like feeling grumpy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, uh, so then I had to kind of go, all right, well, I don't want to feel grumpy anymore. So what is something sometimes, and sometimes you're like, I don't have a thought. I don't know. I don't have a thought, mm-hmm. but what's an action that I can do? You know, it yeah. can work both ways. And I knew that going outside a hundred percent always makes me feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Right. So my kids were already outside playing in the snow. So I, took the two minutes and this is something that really helps is when I go, it's going to really, it's going to take me two minutes, maybe three minutes to put my stuff on. Cause I, I catastrophize it in my head. I'm like, Oh, this is so much work to put all my stuff on to go outside. And I'm like, actually it's going to take me three minutes. <laughs> and, and then I do it and I go outside and I don't force myself. I just kind of just allow myself to walk around and just be outside and watch them go sledding and things like that. And it, it turned around my whole day. Cause I did, I came in and I was like, Oh, I feel so much better, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, then we kind of had, we went from there and I think that's okay. You know, recognizing you don't have to freak out when you feel bad, just recognizing like, Oh, I don't feel good. And I don't want to feel good anymore. Like, I mean, I don't want to feel bad. Right. And then recognizing those skills of what is always going to work, you know, mm-hmm. going outside, going for a walk, hundred percent always works for at least a little bit. It doesn't cure you of, of right. everything, but mm-hmm. in this moment, it's going to help just yeah. make the next right decision. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think just, again, being aware of that, but I think that's why coaching has taken off. You know, I mean, I know you coach yeah. and I coach mm-hmm. and it's just so helpful to help other people just be a bit more reflective and objective about their thoughts you know which is I and, love that movement that people are becoming more aware of their feelings and their thoughts yes and their mm-hmm. yep and that's just like yeah otherwise it's just so easy to not even be aware and you just think you just believe everything that you're saying to yourself yeah. and when... you live in autopilot too because that's just like yep. the autopilotness of you constantly being like oh I'm just gonna live in autopilot and I'm not gonna make changes even though I feel miserable uh, or I feel bad And I do agree with whatever, um, like if you're feeling something, either doing like an action or going outside, it does like, scientifically, it does help because your energy Mm -hmm. and your emotions are all connected. So if you have a negative emotion or a negative thought, which I like that you brought up that um, emotions and thoughts are neutral, it's actually you who give the charge if it's a negative or positive charge Mm -hmm. to it. And your emotions are energy. So if you need to relinquish Mm -hmm. that energy, go move go outside, go Uh get some fresh air, you know, go do to take an action to make yourself feel better, which is so important. And I love that you brought up too that. Yeah. Like uh, mental health coaches are becoming a big thing, like alongside with therapy as well. And that people are doing the inner work and things like that, which is great because we're realizing as a collective, which is a beautiful thing to see that the way that we're living is not sustainable. It's not healthy. It's not good mentally. So how can we make the shift to make the ways that we live so much better? And there's been a huge yes. increase of like the mental health yes. sphere, which is phenomenal. So, mm-hmm. but there are a lot yeah. of myths and truths between mental health and self-compassion and things like that. So yeah. do you want to dive in a couple of the myths and what are the truths about mental health and self-compassion? 
Sure. Well, I think, you know, mental health, I, I, this is my, um, not being a psychiatrist or a therapist, but my experience as it, which is also very, very qualifying, I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, is that your mental health is something that again, is, is more of a chemistry. It, it's, it's more objective. It's a medical, medical thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you can, and sometimes it's acute, sometimes it's chronic. I, I think of it as like, you know, it's, you can either get a little cut on your thumb, you know, or you can have like a big gash on your leg. That's gonna, right. you know, it's, it's the same thing, right? Like you might not need act, you might not need professional help for it, but you do need to know, like, I need to go get a bandaid for this cut. You, I need to know some of these little skills. I might need to put an antibiotic on it, you know, kind of things like that. Um, and then the gash on your leg, you're going to be like, I need more than a bandaid for this. Like I need to go to the hospital. I need to go get help. I might need surgery. I might need rehab, you know? So I kind of, I kind of think of it like that, but we don't, the thing with like a cut or a gash in your leg, you don't qualify. You you don't let that mess with who you are. And you're just like, Oh, I I need to go get help. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, what I think of like mental health, but it's a little bit more abstract. Right. And it can, it can kind of grow these um, fibers into your self-compassion and take that hold, you know, and, and, and so just being able to go, okay, there's this mental health realm where you, you need some objective help, but then everyone needs to work on their self-compassion. I mean, everyone needs to, to grow their skills on their mental health things too, but So I just think a myth, one huge myth is that mental illness, I think can completely be managed, you know? I mean, as far as mood disorders go, I will say that, you know, as far as like the bipolar and the depression and anxiety, you might have to deal with it for the rest of your life. That's true. You know, Mm -hmm. it might not be just a season. It might, you know, I'm probably going to have to deal with this for the rest of my life. I mean, by the same time, I know how, I know how that's done, you know, and I, and I can, I can, I'm okay with that because it doesn't have to affect, oh my goodness, my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, to, I mean, just the whole victim mentality of like being yeah. so stuck in that, mm-hmm. just the fact that, I don't know. I think that just goes along with like, oh, if I have bipolar, that just is, that means I am doomed to like a life of- Yeah, it gives you like a label and you stay stuck in that label. Yes, yes. And it doesn't have to be, you know, it can just be like, this is the suffering that I have and everybody has sufferings, you know? Some people have, um, you know, I think everybody kind of goes through mental health, you know, seasons, What even just grief is a mental health, thing you know what I mean of like but at the same time you don't have to go well everything is um I I don't I don't think you have to catastrophize it either right and just I think people need to just go all right this is my mental health and it's affecting the way I live and it's affecting the decisions that I make and so I need to go get help for it and but the self-compassion is just like forever like that's ever like every day Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, maybe, or maybe not, you deal with mental health stuff, but self-compassion, you always, you deal with every day, like yeah. no matter what. So, um, 
and one can 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 affect the other but once you can kind of learn how to separate them and look at them in a different you know differently instead of all together mm-hmm. i mean looking at the way that it's like the venn diagram like there's some of it that's overlapping but let's look at it you know um they're also their separate entities too yeah um, i agree i like that you said that too that you can have you know, something within you, whether it's depression, anxiety, bipolar, whatever that it is, mm-hmm. but it's not, it doesn't take over like your identity where I used to say, like, I, um, like I have anxiety and like, that's it. Like mm-hmm. that was my, yeah. it, it becomes a part of your identity where instead I started to shift, um, the kind of perspective where like, I, I do have an anxious mind and I do, you know, have, you know, anxiety, but, I'm not just all anxiety. I'm not just like, I can say like, I'm an, a little bit of an anxious mm-hmm. person and things like that, but it doesn't say like, I'm like, Allie, it's just anxiety. Like, that's it. I have it right, and now right. every lens of my life. I'm looking at it from anxiety and I'm going to put a label on it. And that's going to follow me throughout my life and my decision-making. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was doing before I went to therapy where I'm like, well, I'm an anxious person. So that's why I can't do certain things and yeah. stuff like that because certain things certain scenarios make me anxious like I used to have a huge like social anxiety thing where like I literally hated going to movie theaters because like you're just in a big room with a bunch of strangers and you uh-huh. know what like uh-huh. stuff like that or like big crowds and I was like I didn't like big crowds but then that was kind of deterring me from going to places because most of the time when you have events you're going to be around a lot of people like and big crowds and mm-hmm. stuff like that so I was like you know what what coping skills what tools and resources can I use right to help me get through the anxious thoughts of when I'm in big crowds or the overwhelming big thoughts that happen when I'm in, you know, large crowds. And so that way I can go and have fun and go into go to concerts and go to places where there's a lot of people and not let my anxiety really control my decision-making in my life. We're like, yeah, like you said, I'm probably going to have, you know, my anxiety throughout my entire life. It's never going to go away. And the minute I mm-hmm. accept it, well, it's never going to go away. I'm never actually going to cure this, but I'm going to manage mm-hmm. it and live through it and cope with it. Then like this huge weight goes off your shoulder of like, you know what? Everyone's like you said, everyone's got something going on and mm-hmm. how, how we manage it, which is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be some really dark days where like you have to do the inner work. It's not like you're just going to go to therapy one time and be like, up, oh, I'm cured. I, I'm great now. Right. There are days where I don't feel like going to therapy. I'm like, I really just don't want to go. I don't feel like talking today. It's a rough day, but, and then I go, um, and I feel better afterwards. But when everyone wants to go on a healing journey, they think, yeah. oh, I'm going to do a couple of things. I'm going to do some deep breaths. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to read a self-development book. And then I'm going to be cured. And then I'm just going to live a happy life for the rest of my days. No, no it's a journey. It's a process. So you're going to have ebbs and flows where like, there are some weeks where I'm journaling, I'm doing all these great things and I feel really good. But then literally the next day, like that next week, I'm like, well, I'm a terrible person. I'm super anxious. I'm not doing my skills. I'm tired, you know? So exhausting. It's not always fun. Yeah. Yeah, That's the thing. It's not, that's, I think a big, a big myth in like the mental health community is like, once you're in this journey, this healing journey, it's this beautiful, blossoming, magical thing where in some parts, yes, you you feel uh, uplifted and you feel better and it's great, but there's, there's the hard, dark work that you have to do 
in order to get Mm -hmm. to that wonderful place. So I think that's where a lot of people get stuck in their journey where like, they had the the high of like, oh, I'm starting my healing and I, I am feeling a little bit better. But then life happens and they kind of get sucked back into their old patterns again. And then they get stuck there and then their healing journey is over because they don't know how to you know dig themselves back out of it because they didn't realize, oh, like this is always going to be an ongoing thing. And so, yeah, it is. And so like, that's, a, I think, a, a big, huge myth of like, no, like you're going to have to sit with yourself and have some really dark moments, have some really dark days. But just yeah. know that at the end of the day, there's there's always like that light at the end of the tunnel. I don't think that's because uh, there's always like that that toxic positivity where it's like, oh, like everything's beautiful. Everything's going to be fine. Right. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah. It's like not everything's always going to be fine, but you're always going to make it through. That's not how I see the light at the end of the tunnel. That's not like toxic positivity. I think it's right. like that hope of like, I'm always going to figure it out and I'm always going to make it through whatever I'm going through. Right. And hope isn't always like, oh, I feel so hopeful. It's like, I am hopeful, even though I'm really sad still, you know? Um, and yeah, that's just, it's, it's, I love how you, you talked about, there's just certain skills that you, in coping, you know, sometimes we're like, it's okay to cope and it's okay to, I, I just think of how, like, I used to hate having my picture taken. I just hated it. I was like, it would, it again, it would something be something that would define me, you know, it was how I looked in a picture. Mm-hmm. And yet I'm like, you know what? People are going to want to take pictures forever, family yeah. gatherings, things mm-hmm. like that. You're going to have to learn to just, instead of having a huge deal, like, I don't want my picture taken, blah, blah, blah. Just smile. Mm-hmm. Every picture taken. I don't need to look at it. You know, everybody's like, oh, let me see. And I'm like, nope, you took the picture. Great. We got the memory. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And then recognizing there are going to be some bad pictures of me out there. You know what I mean? That's like, okay that's all right that's okay and that's okay those are those are the little things that not letting it like take over yeah like take faster. Over everything. but you know and I think another myth that it, is that like oh if I have this awesome healing journal or he- healing journey mm-hmm. my externals are all going to change and your externals yeah. might not change mm-hmm. you know I'm going to move I'm going to get a different job I'm going to you know whatever that could happen but that might not happen but it might be you living in your circumstances the same circumstances Mm -hmm. because we can't always change our circumstances but we can change the way that we show up and we can change the way we think about them and we can change the way that we you know our just our perspective can change where Mm -hmm. the the actual scene didn't change but like my perspective shifted a lot And, um, that's something that, you know, with marriage and motherhood, that's taught me because I was definitely like, oh, I need a different environment. I'm going to move. I'm going to get a different job. I'm going to be totally awesome. And then, you know, wherever you go, there you are, you know, and recognize exactly. I I love that, that you brought that up because I think a lot of people do think that like, okay, well, I'm sad. So let me get a new job. Okay. I'm sad. Let me move to a new spot. I'm sad. Let me get another romantic partner, whatever that it is. But like, and I used to think that too. I was like, you know what? Once I get like a new job, I'm going to feel better. Once I move to a new apartment, I'm going to feel better. But no, no, no. Like you take yourself with you. So if you don't heal the, you don't do the inner work, whatever is the festering, whatever part of the shadow work that's still inside you, that's going to go to that new apartment. That's going to show up at your new job. That's going to show up in your next relationship because you didn't do the work. Your externals are not going to change your internal. Your, Your internal though, like you said, will affect how you perceive your externals that right. that's really the key and i think that's like the biggest myth of them all it's like if you just change your environment everything's gonna yep. be better and it's like no not always <laughs> not always. yes and 
I mean, that's kind of hard because I know, you know, we said, well, your environment is important, but it's not everything. You can't put everything on like, my environment's going to change who I am. Mm -hmm. No, I I mean, you do have to be, be aware of how your environment really affects you. But yeah, sometimes the older you get, the more responsibilities you have. You don't have the luxury of like, I'm just going to quit my job and get a different job. Like, Mm mm-hmm. You just don't have that. Or especially like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to get divorced. I'm going to go marry somebody else. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just, that's going to cause a lot more heartache than, you know, than anything else. Or especially with a mother, you know, when you're a mom, there's no like, you know what? I don't want to be a mom anymore. (laughs) Yeah, she can't make that choice. Yeah. Or like, it's like, oh, I don't like where I'm living right now. Let me just move everybody, all my kids, switch school districts. And just like hop along and do that stuff. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So there is that kind of uh, learning how to, how to deal with that. But I think, yeah, that's a huge myth of like, I'm just going to change everything around me and that'll be better. Yeah. But not change. I won't change myself, but I'll change yes. everything around me and see, that's like, that's see, that's the quick fix that people think is going right. to work. And then they're going to realize that it doesn't. So, right. But Talia, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate you taking yes. the time out and joining us. I absolutely loved our conversation i'm just like sitting here like oh we have six more minutes i should probably i need to wrap this up because i know we're gonna go over it for we're gonna go over my zoom limit for a second time here uh-huh. so i loved our conversation thank you so much for coming on today thank you so much for having me it was great to talk to you and um where can um the growth mindset gang find you follow you your services all those wonderful things yep so if you go to mentalhealthforholiness.com that is, you'll find everything there. And then I'm um, on Instagram as well at the same handle, mental health for holiness. So amazing. And I'll put everything, all those wonderful links in the show notes. And again, thank you so much for the services that you provide. Your energy and your light was just so, it was just so amazing talking to you. And I feel so much better talking to you because okay. it, was a great, it was a great conversation. Yes. So again, thank you so much. And I know the growth mindset gang is going to love listening in. And so again, It was wonderful having you on today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Allie. Growth Mindset Gang, I have an amazing offer to share with you. I have recently created a mindset coaching program. Now, if you're listening and you struggle with imposter syndrome, people-pleasing, overthinking, needing external validation, low self-esteem, indecisiveness, perfectionism, fear of failure, or lack of confidence, this coaching program can be aligned and serve you. With this coaching program, you would sign up with me for three months to receive one-on-one coaching via Zoom. We would meet either weekly or bi-weekly for 45 minutes to about an hour and really get clear on your mindset journey and what's the woman or who's the woman you want to become. Along with the weekly or bi-weekly Zoom calls with me, you would have a daily accountability messaging with me via Slack. So I do my daily check-ins with you and see how you're doing with your progress in between our sessions. You will also have access to the resource library that I will create where I will give you journal prompts. I will give you weekly self-reflection templates. I'll give you even book recommendations or we do a little mini book club together with a self-development book. Also, I'm going to be creating a Facebook group to also grow a community in this mindset coaching program. And if this feels aligned with you, 
you can also receive a huge investment discount if you are the first three to sign up with the three-month coaching program. If you are interested in this coaching program, you feel aligned, or you just want to talk to me and test it out and see if it works for you, you can click the link in my show notes to fill out a Google form to share with me what you want to work on and who's the woman that you want to become. How do you want to grow your mindset and fulfill and improve your mindset journey? And I will contact you. We hop on a discovery call for an hour and we talk about what are you struggling with right now? right? Where do you want to see yourself in three months? And I create a unique program just for you. And I'm here to be your coach, your supporter, and help you in your journey. So if this sounds amazing with you, or you just want to see and test it out, fill out that form. And when you fill it out, I'll contact you right away and help create a wonderful program to create your most authentic self. Hi guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Talia. Her Instagram and her coaching services for that are going to be on her website are all going to be linked in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on your story. Tag Talia, tag me. Uh, make sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Go follow Talia. She is an amazing coach and just having a conversation with her just made me feel better immediately. I even told her that. I was like, this was this felt like a coaching session and it was just such a great experience. So if she resonated with you, please go follow her Instagram, check out her services and just, you know, blow up her DMs with asking to be coaching clients. She's amazing. And I just loved having her on today. And thank you guys so much for listening. And make sure to follow me on Spotify, subscribe, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And remember, grow your mindset and look how far you'll go. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Audio Podcast Network.